It has been a long time since I have been with you here at Peachtree, and it's such a joy to be back. I can't help but think of all the things that have been in these past few years, but all the struggles with churches and the world and in our own lives with the pandemic and economic troubles, energy crises, war. It's been, it's been hard. It's still hard. So I have to ask, do you think the angels got it wrong? I mean, there they were that night singing their hearts out, a frightened group of shepherds beneath them and the starlit heavens above. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill to all kind. Anybody seen any peace on earth lately? Any wolves snuggling up with lambs? Me either. Of course, at the time that the angels sang those words so beautifully, the only peace people knew was called Pax Romana. It was a period of 200 years at the height of the Roman Empire when there were no outside invasions and no major uprisings. Peace, peace at the tip of a Roman spear, tip with the threat of crucifixion for anyone that threatened the rule of Caesar. Peace. There's no such thing without goodwill. Folks were ready for a change, and hope was prevalent throughout the empire. And in Israel, Israel was pregnant with hope. And a little child was born of that hope. And the promise grew in its power. And the people long for the coming of peace and goodwill to all. It has been a longing and a hope since the beginning of time, I think. A longing and a hope today, the people of Ukraine, of dreaming of that kind of peace. In Venezuela, Syria, North Korea, Iran, and here in our beloved country, within you, within me, the longing for that kind of harmony in life, that, that kind of true justice and kindness. Seems like in Georgia, we're forever going to be doing politics. And amidst this divisiveness and divisive dividedness, that dream, that hope, it seems as elusive and as alive as ever it has been. But go back with me gosh, 3,000 years to the prophet Isaiah, 
when he spoke those magnificent words, setting before the people and before us at the beginning of Advent each year, as we find ourselves here on this first Sunday of Advent, setting before us that same dream, imagining in a time when the nations of the earth do not make war on the nations of the earth, a time when people don't even plan and prepare for war because no one studies war anymore, a time when they shall beat their plows into, their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks, and nations shall not lift up sword against nation, a time when all creation is recreated so that nothing will hurt or destroy on all God's holy mountain. Isaiah still says those words each Advent as we begin our journey once again toward Bethlehem to kneel at the manger, we hear again that prophecy of hope, that longing for peace, true peace, for the dream to be realized, and our call to participate in that dream, beating our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. Now, I have a confession to make. I don't have a single sword. And I would not know what to do with a, a pruning hook if you gave me one. So don't. And I haven't heard, I haven't heard of many of you having such. Besides, don't you know the story? Don't you know the baby is born? Those scruffy shepherds make their way into Bethlehem to see this thing which the Lord has made known to them. And there they find year after year Mary and Joseph and the baby wrapped in lying in, see, you know the story. We know that story, and we know that peace, real peace, was neither then nor now in our world. We know there are no wolves lying down with lambs, no spears becoming pruning hooks. It's just a wisp of a dream perhaps a foolish hope, but peach tree, it is Advent. The prophet still speaks, and the angels are tuning up. Maybe, just maybe this year, The prophets and the angels tell us that real peace cannot be had without real goodwill. Oscar Romero, you remember, he is, is the late uh, Bishop of San Salvador. He was known for his words and his actions for peace. He said, 
Peace is not the product of terror or fear. Peace is not the silence of cemeteries. It is not the silent result of violent repression. Peace is the generous, tranquil contribution of all to the good of all. The generous, tranquil contribution of all to the good of all. Well, that's above my pay grade. That, that feels like more than you and I perhaps can handle real peace on earth. But this Advent calls us to make a beginning. It calls us to speak out against injustice. It calls us to love some of those really unlovely folk. It calls us to stretch beyond ourselves, to embrace others. It calls us to look deeper than perhaps we ever have within, that we might see what the blocks and borders are in our lives that prevent us from being among those who can live out their lives with acts of kindness and with real justice for all. We are called to make a beginning. And you'd be amazed at what in the strangest and most unexpected of places, between the least likely of people, something of peace and goodwill can be found. It was in 1990, there were 26 of us from my home church at Sandy Springs Christian Church who went to Israel on a creative mission trip. John Fight, known as the founder and the artist behind Hospital Art, and the late Lynn White, who was senior pastor at Sandy Springs at that time, they led the group. We told the stories in all the places we believe they may have occurred, and we painted. We were scheduled to paint in five different hospitals. On the last day that we were there, we spent the morning at Bad Vashim. It is the Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem. It is an experience beyond anguish. But what really broke us was the pile of children's shoes. Thousands and thousands of children's shoes. Little ragged knit baby shoes. Sturdy, scuffed up little toddler shoes little buckle and rain boot shoes of young children. Children whose bare feet went into the ovens of Nazi Germany. And it broke us. When we got back on the bus, nobody made eye contact. 
Nobody said anything. We did not even weep. It was so far deeper than tears. We were scheduled one more hospital that day to paint with children at a small orthopedic hospital in Bethlehem, which was in Palestinian territory. It was a hospital serving the Bedouin people. So it would be Bedouin children needing orthopedic surgical help. I cannot begin to tell you how much none of us, how much we did not want to go. But we had scheduled it, so we went in. The administrator of the hospital met us, and he seemed about as enthusiastic about our presence as we felt. He showed, he showed John fight this wall that was about a third the size of the baptistry. And he said, you can paint on this wall. So John got busy with his magic marker, drawing a big butterfly and sketching out some flowers and a little ladybug and dotting in the paint that the children could fill in the paint colors. And so we went into the rooms trying to get everybody out. Those big brown eyes of the children met ours with a, a measure of excitement. Their mothers were much more shy. It was the custom, oh, I've got another preacher in the crowd. Their, their, their eyes were betrayed that they were fearful of us. After all, we were from America. We were those Satans to the Palestinian, much of the Arabic community. These were people who lived in the desert in tents. The women wore their ragged, colorful caftans, slept at the, at the side of their children's beds, and performed the basic necessities of life for their children as their children were helped by the surgeons there. But gradually, we got them out in the hallways, and they didn't, weren't quite sure what to do. Of course, they were speaking Arab, but we were speaking English. And then we started speaking paintbrush. And finally, somebody dared reach. And then as soon as they caught on that they were supposed to fill in with the colors dotted in the butterfly and the flowers, boy, the hands were coming like this. You know, I'm sure they were saying, my turn, my turn. I want to paint, I want to paint. And I ended up sitting on the floor playing the silliest of games with the children that had casts on that didn't let them really get up to the wall to paint. The administrator, seeing this miracle that was going on in his hospital, grabbed John and said, this wall. So he gave John a huge wall that he could draw on, and then another, and then we started running out of paint, and we were well past time to leave. But it had been a time of laughter and and even seeing one of the gals in our group played flute, she started playing O Little Town of Bethlehem. And many on the staff were Christian Arabs, and they started singing in their language. Some of the, those who spoke Hebrew sang in Hebrew, we in English. And there was this sound, Jim Bell, that you would have loved. I was the last one to be out. I was to make sure we had gotten everything and helped to get all the people back in the room, taking presents to leave for them in the room, some little knitted caps and things for them. And then as I was almost out the door with everybody else just about on the bus, 
a woman. She had to be four inches shorter than me. She ran up. They were all very young, these young mothers. She ran up and pulled my face down to hers, and she began to kiss me, cheek to cheek to cheek to cheek to cheek to cheek. She was weeping. And of course, my tears started, and we baptized one another's faces with our tears. And then I saw where she was pointing. She was pointing to the wall opposite the front doors where I was trying to exit, where the bus was, where you would come in. John had painted there a large dove, descending dove with the olive branch in its mouth. And around the dove he had written in Arabic, Hebrew, and English, Salim, Shalom, peace. The prophet said, a little child shall lead them. That morning at Vad Vashim, the bare feet of all those little children led us to confront the truth of evil, human evil in our world. And that afternoon, a beehive of bare feet led us to the absolute wonder, if only for a moment, of swords becoming paintbrushes and plows becoming giggles. And the song of the angels was heard in the land. Let it be so.